You're listening in Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Medical Files. And Alhamdulillah, after many moons, uh, we have uh, got your favorite back. And he's uh, a holistic practitioner, our very own uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawat. And Alhamdulillah, Jazakallah Khaira to all of you for, you know, sending his questions beforehand when we put out the composite and many of you were excited. So Jazakallah Khaira to you for that. Let me welcome you, the pious and sagacious Ummah, with the Dr. Azizullah Rawat, with a hearty Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And uh, tell me, how are you doing this fine, beautiful Wednesday evening, uh, Dr. Azizullah? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you, to all the listeners of Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Yes, sir, Dr. Sahaba, you know, something that uh, I that caught my eye was a message from Keegan Punsami. Now, Keegan Punsami, he says, Cupping helped me walk again. I was admitted into Interbeni Hospital on the 16th of February, 2023, and went through test, pain medication, and nerve medication. Nothing helped uh, to me uh, to me uh, to walk without pain. A friend recommended cupping treatment, and Aziz came up highly recommended. I have attended three cupping sessions thus far, and am in less pain and walking more normal without this treatment. I would have not made it to work and to do normal things with my family. Highly recommended treatment. Now, Dr. Azizullah Rawat, that is a feather in your cap. Now, may I ask you, what was the cause of this patient being unable to walk without pain? And is it a common condition? Dr. Saab? Yeah, it's a very, very common condition. And what you'll find, uh, especially when you do cupping, is that most of the time when people have pain, uh, when people have a coldness, when people have stiffness, uh, it could be a cramping pain, it could be a sharp pain, it could be a tingling pain. Uh, so what you'll find is that there's no proper blood flow. So inadequate blood flow, inadequate um, circulation in the body. Uh, and that is because of the stagnation, the stagnation of blood. So blood is congested and blood is stagnant. Uh, so that is a big problem because just like how a stagnant pond, if the water is not flowing, then mosquitoes will come, insects will come, frogs will come, everything will come. Uh, so likewise, if the blood isn't flowing in the body, then pain will come and eventually disease will come. Uh, so what he had was no proper circulation, no proper blood flow. And that was determined when the wet cupping was done. And I did take out uh, thick, dark, clotted, coagulated blood uh, from his lower back as well as his gluteal muscles. Um, so that was causing his pain once the blood came out. And then he had quite uh, a bit of relief. And obviously, we did a few more sessions to maintain that uh, more for long-term relief. Uh, so what happens when the, the thick blood, uh, thick, dark, congested blood, it blocks your circulation, it blocks your vessels. Um, and what happens is that the muscles start to contract. So once the muscles constrict, they contract, they become smaller, blood can't flow. Uh, and remember, it's the body's toxins. It's all the toxicity that we're exposed to, whether it's diet, lifestyle, chemicals, smoking, uh, or environment, stress, pollution, even medication. All these toxins build up toxicity and thicken the blood. 
and make the blood dark and coagulated. Um, so what happens is when this blood is in the system, in the vessels, muscles contract, blood can't flow. And because blood can't flow, then oxygen can't flow because blood carries oxygen. So once the blood and oxygen can't flow, um, then you get knots, you get spasms, and obviously the stiffness, the coldness, and the muscle pain, muscle tension, muscle cramps, as uh, the patient was experiencing. And now perhaps, uh, you know, in, in, in his case, uh, you know, why was it, uh, you know, that the pain and nerve medication wasn't helping him? I mean, he was getting, uh, I think, uh, yeah, mainstream uh, treatment. 100%. He was getting mainstream conventional treatment. And as we all know, conventional medicine does not address the root cause of what's wrong. So it doesn't treat something on a systemic level. It doesn't cleanse your system. It doesn't detox you. It doesn't take into account your diet, your lifestyle, what you've been up to, and all those kind of things. But what it does is that it takes away, it masks your symptoms. It suppresses your symptoms. When your symptoms are your body's way of telling you something is wrong, please address it at the root cause, at the engine level. You can't just paint over the cars, spray paint the car and expect the engine to get fixed. So the conventional uh, medication was maybe it will take the pain away, but the pain will come back. Um, what it really does is that it blocks your pain receptors, it blocks your neurotransmitters, it basically just deactivates the reception towards the pain, but it doesn't actually take out what's causing the pain. So that is where the Sunnah Hijama treatment succeeded, and uh, you wouldn't have found relief other than that Sunnah Hijama treatment, because the holistic approach does get to the root cause of what's wrong, and doesn't just suppress and paint over the cracks. No, I totally agree with you. As you said, get to the root of the problem, and uh, cupping does that. It gets right to the root of the uh, the, the issue, and uh, you know, cleans it out, uh, doctor. Yeah, it cleans it out. Uh, it detoxes you. It is it's basically the ultimate form of detoxification. So it beats your cleanses, it beats your teas and all those kind of things. So it detoxes you. It's like you take your car for service. You take your car for service, you change your engine oil, you change the rear pads, uh, you know, you change a broken transmission uh, or rusted suspension, for example. So likewise, that's what uh, the cupping is doing. It's taking out all the toxins. It's taking out all the waste uh, from the body. And if you don't take out those toxins and those waste, then it builds up and it causes sickness and it causes disease. So that is why cupping has been prescribed to us. Um, and it is a sunnah and the cure for all disease. Because once those toxins, once all the, the, the waste is coming out, there's nothing really left to cause sickness and disease. And then all you need to do is to work on your, your diet, your lifestyle to maintain a healthy um, basically to maintain good health. Now, I know, Dr. Azizullah, that, uh, you know, when you started cupping this patient, uh, you knew exactly cupping was going to be effective. You were like, you know what, 100%. And it uh, so happened that uh, that uh, uh, patient of yours also knew, hey, this is the doc. He's going to cure me. Talk to us, doc. No, for sure. And that's actually the key. So I had full belief in the Sunnah Hijama that it would help him. Um, but, you know, it's not just about me. It's also for the patient. Uh, so the patient, even though he was a non-Muslim, he still had that belief that this treatment uh, is going to work for him. And it did work for him. And unfortunately, even a lot of times where you get Muslim patients, they come in, they don't have that belief 
that it's going to work. You know, they have the mindset or the attitude that, you know, I'm just going to try it once. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And that's when it doesn't work for them because they're not going in with the correct mindset. They're not going in with the correct yakin in their hearts that this is uh, going to work for them. And a lot of the times uh, we want a quick fix. We don't want to go through the process. So this patient, he went through the process. You know, he doesn't know anything about sunnah, about hijama, but he knew that it's a good treatment and uh, he go, he went for it and it helped him. And that's why he got better. Uh, you know, uh, this question of uh, how does it feel uh, you know, to get such a positive report back from a patient? I mean, he hits the, like a big headline. That I even believe that it went on Time magazine, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, you know, it's really, this is big, uh, doctor. Yeah, no, alhamdulillah, you know, the sunnah treatment always finds a way. And as I said, you need that yakin in your heart uh, that is going to work for you. Because at the end of the day, uh, it's Allah. You know, Allah is a shafi and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he brings shifa to whom he pleases. And, you know, we just mediums in that, you know, we just can do our best uh, to make sure that it works, to empower, to educate the patient and to do what we can. But, you know, at the end of the day, Allah brings shifa to who he wills. Uh, well said there, and also looking at uh, messages uh, that I have uh, here, it says, uh, "Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh." Uh, do our does our doctor do house calls? I want to know how much because I need him ASAP. Doctor, you do house calls? I do house calls. In fact, I'm actually just coming back from a house call uh, near Buria side. Uh, the price would obviously depend uh, on the location and how far uh, it is uh, from me. But yes, I do house calls and I can come to you and you can experience treatment within the comfort of your home. Yeah, you come with a, uh, with a laptop or you come with uh, other machines also, doctor? Yeah, no, all the necessary equipment uh, that is required, I'll come to you. And um, yeah, you just let me know. Let me know when you like to book a session and then we can confirm a time slot. Okay, and uh, your favorite, uh, don't forget people, he likes Roy Boss. Yeah, like a Roy Boss. Yeah, you can give him some Roy Boss too when Doc is by you. Looking at other questions that are coming through here, this one says, uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Dr. Azizullah. We read uh, the message from your patient. Allah reward you for your efforts. Our ma has a very stiff and sore back. She uh, seems fine. Once uh, she is up, uh, she walks fine. But uh, that's period just for before she get uh, she uh, she gets out of a bed. Her lower back is very stiff and she feels like her bones will snap. What is her condition and will cupping help her? From Ma Parak's granddaughter. Uh, Jazakallah khair, uh, granddaughter for that. Uh, doctor, how you respond to uh, the granddaughter for her ma parak's granddaughter there so what you notice in a lot of the elderly population is that it's much easier for their blood to become stagnant and congested uh and also that's also because they don't obviously move as much as uh younger people you know as you get older you start developing stiffness and pain and those kind of things maybe it becomes harder for you to get out of bed uh so what the auntie actually experiences. So when she is walking, her blood is flowing and that's why she feels much better. Uh, but when she's sleeping, uh, because her body is in one position for so long, the blood isn't flowing as properly and that's why she's getting the stiffness uh, and the pain. So the blood becomes stagnant in her back area while she sleeps and that's why uh, she wakes up like that. Uh, when it comes to the bones, 
Uh, it could also be low minerals, maybe a low bone mineral density. Maybe there's not enough calcium. Maybe there's not enough magnesium. And also remember that as you get older now, you need to double up your supply on these minerals uh, and these vitamins as well. Uh, something like collagen. Collagen will be very good. It boosts muscle mass. It boosts metabolism. It regenerates your bone cartilages. Uh, so just some supplementation uh, the auntie uh, can consider. Uh, cupping will definitely help also. It will get your blood flowing, uh, circulating. Uh, if you don't want to do wet cupping, uh, then dry cupping will also help with pain and inflammation. Now, I'm thinking aloud here, doctor, where do you draw the medium here? You know, sometimes you over-exercise. I mean, we as youngsters, I mean, myself, I've played every sport you can think of. But mashallah, I still keep it up, you know, uh, doing a lot of walking now. But no more my tennis or my soccer or, you know, uh, the squash and all that I used to play. But I do do a lot of walking. And, you know, some people going to the gym and, uh, you know, at, at maybe over 50, uh, you're doing gym work and then you're coming to 60. And, uh, you know, does that have a detrimental effect on you when you over-exercise, uh, doctor? Where is the medium? Yeah, I always say that uh, slightly more exercise is better than slightly less, but you also need to take into account, like someone might be malnourished, uh, someone might be very skinny, and now if he's always sweating all the time, then he's going to lose more weight. Uh, because we must understand that when you sweat, when you exercise, that's toxins coming out. And those fat cells deposit themselves into the toxins. So that's why if someone is obese, if someone is overweight, they sweat out the toxins. And as a result, they sweat out the fat cells. So that's how they lose weight. Um, but obviously, everything in moderation. Uh, you'll know how your body is, how much you can take uh, walking um jogging swimming for example but at the end of the day better more exercise as a, than less exercise because also when it comes to your heart because your heart is more of a muscle then it needs that movement it needs that flow in order for the blood to flow for the oxygen to flow and in order for you to, to, to just feel better because now the circulation is going to your head it's going throughout your body uh, and so on uh, but like i said you you'll know your body and um You'll know your body and how you feel when you're exercising, what's, you know, if you need to do more or if you do uh, need to do less and also take into account a person's weight uh, and those kind of things. Anonymous says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Azizullah Shafat Khan and uh, uh, Malka Sahaba, not forgetting Mufti A.K. Hussein, he's my favorite. Dr. Azizullah, recently my uncle, who was only 52 years old, passed away whilst playing indoor soccer. Uh, analysis was that he died of a heart attack, but uncle was so fit, we lighties used to struggle to keep up with him. What went wrong? Perhaps he was overdoing it. Uh, how do you respond to that, uh, doctor? Uh, could be that maybe he had a condition uh, that nobody else knew about. My other, um, well, the other option would be that maybe he was vaccinated and then the side effects came into play because we've heard so many times in so many places how sportsmen, celebrities are just collapsing and falling down. People who are in their 20s, people who are in their 30s becoming paralyzed uh, from taking the jab. So that could also be a possible option. Mm, a factor indeed. Something to think about very deeply, very deeply. And uh, do you find that, uh, you know, that uh, the haves and the have-nots, those that have had the vaccination and those that didn't have, some of them that have, have had it are... Uh, Paranoid now, doctor. 
Yeah, they are very paranoid. And I just hope that the people who have had it and have it, uh, have experienced the side effects uh, will take note and don't go for their boosters because uh, at the end of the day, the propaganda and the fear mongering isn't going to stop. You know, it's going to keep on going until everyone is vaccinated. You know, they'll create the problem. They'll see the public reaction and the public most of the time is in fear, is in paranoia. And then they will sell you their cure. The same people who create the problem, who created the problem, will give you their cure. And now we don't need to buy into that. Uh, looking at this question, he says, Assalamu alaikum. Very interesting indeed. Uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawat is a really a very pleasant man. I like uh, what he says uh, from the from the bottom of his heart. Even I like it too. He says, uh, Doctor, what's the uh, difference between uh, holistic medicine, herbalist, uh, Ayurvedic, and Unanitib? Please uh, inform us because we don't know whether they are one and the same, but maybe under different brands. Uh, good question there, Doctor. Yeah, the basic concept is the same. It is the root cause. It is holistic. It is natural uh, treatment. It incorporates dieting. It incorporates lifestyle. It incorporates your blood groups, uh, your elements, uh, you know, whether you, uh, your temperaments. So everyone has four temperaments. You're cold and dry, cold and moist, or warm and dry, warm and moist. And based on your temperament, you will get your diet uh, and so on and so on. Uh, but uh, I'd say the biggest difference is where it originated from. Uh, Yunani Tib is more your Greek, Arab, Persian. Your Ayurvedic is more your Indian-based uh, medicine. Herbalism, well, that could be any. You know, you can get herbalists in Africa. You can get herbalists in the Middle East. Uh, so that's more focused on the herbs itself. So what you do is that you mix up the herbs. And from the herbs, you can create essential oils. You can create sprays. You can uh, create creams uh, and so on. It's also called phytotherapy uh, or herbalism, where you use herbs uh, to generate, obviously, cures in medicine. But at the end of the day, these these um, um, ways of holistic uh, treatments have been around for centuries, uh, so, uh, and they have been proven to work. Then the danger is, uh, you know, you go cupping and you find every uh, corner there's a cupping uh, guru. What happens if you go to the wrong person, uh, Dr. Azizullah? Uh, the wrong person for cupping, yeah, that could be a big problem, actually. Uh, so a lot of the times I've had people uh, coming to me and said, you know, this person cut them too deep, cut them like a surgeon. I'm not sure whether he was taking out his frustration out on the patient or not. Um, or this person, you know, maybe left the needles on. Uh, so it is a problem. So just make sure that it is in your, <clears throat> your best interest to go to someone, preferably who has a medical uh, background who can obviously interpret the results of the cupping giving nutrition diet advice and or supplementation or should you need it alhamdulillah you know sometimes uh, you know people give you a, a diet and uh, you know the doctor say you get on a strict diet and you know the type of food that we are eating nowadays uh, dr azizullah is so compromised and uh, you know they tell you you are buy this and buy but what happens when you're eating compromised food some, uh, sometimes it uh, exacerbates uh, the symptoms. Your thoughts? Yeah, and if you look at the food that we eat, I'd say that is the biggest cause of sickness and buildup of toxicity in our society. The foods that we eat, the genetically modified foods, um, the you know the gen genetically modified wheat, genetically modified maize, uh, the refined sugars, the the refined oils. Uh, that we cook with, 
So every almost everything is compromised uh, to a certain extent, and it is extremely difficult and also pricey uh, to eat healthy these days. But the healthy options are definitely there. So it is up to us uh, to seek out those options. And you'll notice that once you start eating uh, the much healthy, for example, using butter, ghee, or olive oil to cook with instead of your normal oils, because your normal oils are linked to heart disease. I'd say the number one cause of heart disease is the normal oils that we deep fry with and so on. Now, I'm going to ask you a very important question. Yeah, because uh, it, is it butter or ghee for you? If you go to the, you know, hey, butter going at forty nine ninety nine, and I'll buy 10 of it, Doc. But what about you? Are you a butter or a ghee man? Uh, personally, I am a butter man, uh, but uh, I probably will become a ghee man too. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, but you like me when I'm in the supermarket and I'm going, suddenly I see butter. I said, what? This price, and I'll go and buy the whole thing, and you know what? Butter toast and butter this, even the rice, put some butter, put some honey on it. I make my own, you know, jarda or jardo, they call it, and I just enjoy it, doctor. And, you know, butter, and it makes for easy digestion. A nice, you know, the, how come the, I, I want to ask you this question about margarine. Why does it have a halal sign? And also, you know, this Jewish sign, they call it parev, and they call it the BDFC. What do you read into that? Perhaps, you know, because they uh, own most of the, uh, you know, the, the, the food industry. So in other words, if they have their sign that they're telling you, you know what, we consuming it, we didn't poison the child. I mean, on a lighter note, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, your take? <laughs> yeah, well, everything is kind of in your face. Uh, you know, whether it's kosher, whether it's this word, that word, <laughs> and so on. But when it comes to uh, margarine itself, uh, people would want to avoid margarine at all costs uh, simply because of the unhealthy seed oils, uh, the modified refined seed oils and all the artificial ingredients. I know margarine is much cheaper, but you'd rather go uh, for the butter option. Okay, looking at this uh, question uh, from uh, brother, he says, Assalamu alaikum. I want to re remain anonymous because this now wife may say that I'm a miser. I feel that uh, the samosas fry better in oil than any other type of supplement in the in uh, than any other supplement in ghee it uh, it it doesn't do justice because uh, ghee makes it like too stiff how do you respond to brother there, that he reckon the best fries you get in oil and that he he prefers oil to all these other things uh, what's your thought even i think olive oil uh, it burns at a certain level if you get it too high uh, you, you you can't do deep fries in it, uh, doctor. Yeah, no, he's right. Uh, you can't really deep fry anything other than what your ordinary sunflower, uh, sunflower and canola, uh, canola oil. So if you are deep frying, then you would use those oils. You can't really use butter, ghee, or olive oil. Uh, but obviously, if you are going for those healthy options, you probably have to cut out the um, the deep frying altogether, or maybe even use an air fryer where you can just drizzle the olive oil on top. I must try that because in the air fryer, no joy thus far. How do you do your chips on in the air fryer, doctor? Uh, so most of the chips that I would eat would probably be cut up potatoes, uh, probably drizzled with some olive oil on top, and then served served with some, uh, you know, some salad or some tasty chicken. 
Yeah, okay, you say that. But if someone told me to boil the, the potatoes, that or, you know, the chips, and then put into the air fryer, then you'll get it uh, crispy and so forth. But it's, it's, a, it's a good topic to discuss maybe with a chef soon. Assalamu uh, alaikum. My question is unrelated, but I hope uh, Dr. Azizullah can advise me. I've read how a few kgs of waste can get stuck in the colon over many years. So now I want to know, can excess gas also accumulate over the years in the body? Will the gas be toxic? What harm will it do? And how do we get rid of it? Maf, so many questions, but have confidence in Dr. Azizullah Rawat to satisfy with the reply. From Molana Hammer. Hey, so Molana's got confidence in you, Doc. Okay, let's satisfy the reply. Uh, so the colon and the gut have two primary, uh, primary functions. One is the absorption of nutrients. So the absorption of the food, absorption of the water, and absorption of basically anything that comes through the digestive tract. And the second function is the elimination of waste. So waste can be toxins, can be things that have been undigested that go through the colon process. So the elimination of waste but sometimes the waste or the undigested food, sometimes it doesn't get eliminated. So maybe you have very low absorption. Maybe you don't have enough uh, bacteria in your gut. Maybe the antibiotics, maybe that ruin your gut. Uh, so your gut isn't eliminating the waste. Uh, so then there's a blockage. There's a blockage in your colon. And that's when you get constipation. That's when you get bloating uh, because all that waste is building up in your gut. Uh, so most of the time, the foreign substances, all the junk food that we're eating doesn't get digested. And when the food doesn't get digested, that's when the gas comes or flatulence, as they call it. Uh, so that's caused usually by undigested food. Uh, so you get gas and the gas is your body's way of expelling toxins via the air. So when you have a lot of gas, your body is expelling all the toxins uh, via the air. And that's why there's a smell. Um, so basically the toxins, yeah, they accumulate in your body and your body will start to expel it. So those toxins, that gas, it will accumulate. It will keep accumulating uh, if your body can't eliminate it. Uh, and what harm are the toxins doing? Uh, and un undigested food. So that's actually the question. So it's actually a good thing to be gassing out uh, because you are expelling uh, that, that bad air from the body. Um, but you should be asking, like I said, what harm are the toxins doing and why are the toxins building up, uh, building up? What am I eating? Why is food not getting digested? Maybe I don't have the proper digestive enzymes. Maybe there's low absorption. Maybe I need to take L-glutamine to supplement my gut health. I need to take probiotics, raw milk, yogurt, kefir, kombucha in order to heal my gut so my gut can expel the waste and absorb the nutrients. Uh, so another solution would be a colon cleanse or a liver cleanse, usually with Epsom salts, Moringa, very powerful herb, lots of lemons and lemon juice. And you know, when your colon is getting cleansed, you'll go to the toilet. Uh, you'll go to the toilet more. Um, and that's how your body flushes out the toxins via the toilet. And obviously other means when you sweat from the skin, that's toxins coming out, coughing out phlegm and mucus, that's toxins, uh, vomiting, diarrhea, all of this is your body's natural, Allah's give, God given immune system, our uh, immune system that Allah has given us in order to expel toxins from the body. I'm talking about uh, flatulence, you know, uh, uh, embarrassing for people that, you know, they leave their silences and it's stinking, doc, that in other words, I mean, the body is unhealthy and this is mother nature is telling you, 
hey, you need a clean out. You need a clean out. Your oil change, your everything must come out. You need to put full a new house. filter. Yeah, full house. You need to put new filters too, doctor. I mean, it's, it's, it's an important warning. Uh, besides being embarrassing for what you're doing. But, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's important. It's, it's a sign to tell you, get a clean out. Go to Azizullah Rawat. Go to doctor. Yeah, come to me. You can get a nice, nice detox. Uh, yeah, but usually how it goes is that the smellier, the more your fart smells, the more toxic uh, your body is. And most of the time it's diet related. All the donuts, you know, all the burgers, all the cold drink, especially the cold drink, because that's acid now. Uh, all of it is building up. It's clogging your system. And even the waste, you know, it's putting pressure on the liver, your detox organ. It's putting pressure on the kidneys because there's not enough water. Uh, and it's just clogging up and clogging up and clogging, uh, clogging up and you're not detoxing. And even the waste process even isn't working anymore. Uh, so now your colon is clogging up too. And it's just one big mess. Uh, so that's the importance of detoxing, the importance of doing wet cupping uh, and these kind of treatments. Even sitting in a sauna and sweating out those toxins, exercising and sweating out those toxins, you have to get the toxins eliminated. You know, many years ago, I remember talking to uh, Dr. Rajan Kupun, and I, they spoke about enema, you know, people going for enema, having a full house clean out, you know, hosting things out and all. How healthy is that, doctor? Yeah, as long as the toxins uh, is coming out, uh, but it is uh, important to note what they're actually using uh, as long as there's no like chemicals and those kind of things in the actual treatment, uh, then you should be good to go. And like I said, as long as you go into the toilet, uh, then you are flushing out those toxins. But when in the case of like conventional medicine and laxatives, now each of those also come with its own side effects. So on one hand, uh, you're flushing out but on the other hand, you're introducing more toxins into the body. Hence the importance of natural detox. Then you walk down the street of Durban and you'll find these uh, vendors that say, hey, I said, what's that? It's got a long pipe and it's got this uh, five liter thing hanging there. So, oh, that is for enema. And, and then I say, what do you use? And guess what he told me? He said, I use blue soap. Can you believe that? You can use blue soap. It'll clean you out. So, you know, a dire warning to people, if chemical goes in there, it can have... Uh, what type of uh, side effects it can have, uh, doctor? Yeah, so the chemicals, a lot of the time, the chemicals uh, will go to your liver. And, uh, and even the side effects of medication goes to your liver, it goes to your kidney, and it starts overwhelming those organs because your liver and your kidney are primarily your detox organs responsible for the flushing out, especially the kidney, the flushing out of those toxins. Uh, so it will overwhelm those organs so they can't detox properly. And that's when the waste will start building up also. Uh, so yes, the importance of a natural detox and just getting those toxins out. Once the toxins are out, and you really don't have to worry because now your system is cleansed. Uh, you cleansed, uh, just uh, then it's, you know, then you need to go easy on the Coke and those kind of things and really start eating a much more healthier diet. You know, you look at articles in the newspaper and they say, oh, South Africans are vulnerable now to depression and many are, you know, committing suicide and so forth. What is this? I mean, is there a remedy? I know spiritually, you know, we have to uh, get close to uh, the Quran and perform our salah and, you know, zikrullah and so forth will keep us away from that. But, uh, you know, these other people are falling to depression. Uh, you know, media talking about words can have such a psychological effect on people. 
and maybe conditions and circumstances and emotions. Talk to us about uh, that type of scenario, doctor. Yeah, and you know, it's funny that depression is only a, it's, it's a Western thing. If you go into Central Africa, if you go into uh, countries like Afghanistan and stuff, there's no depression there. Depression is a Western uh, phenomenon and uh, it's driven by the media uh, because it obviously focus, it, uh, focuses people to be more individualized, you know, and this is my problem, you know, I'm special, I have these issues and so on. If you go into the really, really poor countries, you know, they don't even have proper food they don't have proper water they don't have depression they have better things uh, to worry about uh, so depression is obviously driven uh, by the media for people to go on psychiatric drugs this medication and that medication uh, and so on uh, but like you said you know us as muslims we do have if we are feeling down nabi when he was feeling down he wasn't getting any relation of from jibrail and then allah sent down surah duha as a cure for his, uh, for the condition that he was in. You know, we have the Quran and it's also about Qadr and understanding that everything is in Allah's decree um, uh, and, and so on and so on. Then you get the, uh, you know, the sickness of self-importance of, you know, look at me, persons on the cell phone or uh, taking out uh, selfies of themselves or uh, posting it on uh, social media and each one, you know, irrespective of uh, you know, class, color, creed, uh, but they get this self-importance and uh, not realizing that uh, slowly but surely, you know, spending on uh, the equipment that they bought, uh, paying on data and the airtime and all that, that they've been captured and manipulated. But in that manipulation, they're feeling like, hey, I'm the Don. But all the time, you know, they may be using a crude term saying, you are the sucker. <laughs> How do you respond to that, doctor? Yeah, I think this self-importance, this individualization that we have is the pandemic, the real pandemic of our time with all the selfies and all the Instagram and the TikTok and people just taking pictures uh, of themselves and posting it. And, you know, it's all about status and it's all about fame and it's all about these kind of things. And this kind of materialism is uh, the biggest, uh, um, you know, this is why we're living in Akhir Zaman, you know, because we're so focused on ourselves. People don't care about the community anymore you know it's all about them me myself and i and all those kind of things and that's also why marriages are breaking down families are breaking down and also uh you know society as a whole is breaking down because of this uh, so-called self-importance that people are giving themselves you know i'm special i must feel depressed and all those kind of things um but uh yeah just the importance of the community and um you know, as also Islam says, you know, the innamal mu'minuna ikhwa, you know, the believers are like brothers, they're even closer than brothers. Uh, so hence the importance of the community and not living a very, you know, selfish life, you know, uh, with all the social media and all of this is extremely, extremely toxic. And it's addictive too. the dopamine rush that you get when you get a like or you get a comment on the social media. And this is where I feel that the youth um, you know, a lot of the youth have been completely gone, completely captured to the point where you can't even have a normal conversation. They have no social skills. Uh, you know, they can't fix things, you know, very spoiled. Uh, they, they don't know how, they don't know any kind of adversity. So when any small kind of problem comes, then they become depressed. Whereas if you've been through a tougher life, if you've been through challenges, not only does it humbles you, but it builds your character also. So that that is when you start giving back uh, to the community because you know where you come from.
brilliant point indeed. Uh, a new T-shirt coming out, Doctor. Selfies and selfish. Hmm. You can take it by the Durban beachfront and put it there. I think a lot of people will identify with that. Selfies and selfish. Yeah, not shellfish, no. Selfish. Well, uh, Doctor, I really enjoyed that input uh, from you. You know, food for thought uh, for parents, uh, food for thought for some youngsters that are tuned into Medical Files uh, this evening. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Marcus. Uh, medical file is, uh, Files is authentic quality. Uh, bless uh, Mufti A.K. Hussein and Shafat and all guests. We value the program. Will cupping benefit a person in a coma and a person in a wheelchair? Zakallah Mufti Suhail. How do you respond to Mufti Suhail there, Dr. Azizullah Rawat? Yeah, so when it comes to a wheelchair, uh, it just depends where the problem actually is. Uh, if it is in the legs, you could always do cupping. You can get that blood flowing, get the blood circulating. You can take out blood clots. Perhaps the person has a lot of acid in their knees, in their joints, in their ankles. And you'd notice this a lot with people with arthritis and gout, uh, where the acid comes out from their joints. When you're doing the cupping, the blood starts to bubble. It starts to bubble like soda. And that's, you know, all the acid is coming out, getting to the root cause of gout, getting to the root cause of arthritis. Uh, so cupping will definitely help someone in a wheelchair. You might even start walking again. Uh, you never know. Uh, when it comes to a coma, cupping would prevent a coma. Uh, there's a specific point that you cup for blood circulation to the brain. So when you cup that point and you find thick, dark, congested blood coming out, that is what causes stroke because strokes are caused by blockage to blood in the brain. So once you do cupping on that point behind the neck, uh, that's where the point is, uh, you're actually preventing something as a stroke and hence you're obviously preventing uh, something like a coma. Uh, Umar Farooq says, Assalamu alaikum. Uh, I really enjoy the program, uh, Brother Shafat. Azizullah uh, Rawat sounding tops uh, this evening. Yeah, he's always on the top of his game. He says, uh, I love my grandfather. And he's showing signs of Parkinson's hands are shaking. But what I do, I uh, massage grandpa every night and I make sure that I read and I blow over it. I also rub some oil on that warm olive oil. But I want to know from uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawat, can uh, it get severe or should I bring him for cupping so that uh, grandpa, inshallah, will not have a severe bout of Parkinson's uh, disease? Lovely question from a caring grandson. Yeah, no, you should definitely bring him in for cupping. There's a point on the head, there's a point on the side of the neck uh, where you would detox uh, those areas. That would ha that helps with memory, it helps with concentration, helps with headaches and all neurological uh, conditions. So you actually see the toxins coming out straight from the head uh, and that's how it helps uh, with those kind of things. Uh, you'd also need something... Um, to detox himself from heavy metals. So they found that a lot of people who suffer from uh, dementia, they suffer from Alzheimer's, they have heavy metal uh, toxicity, whether it's fluoride, whether it's mercury, whether it's aluminium. So cupping will also help get those heavy metals out of the body to help with that condition. Uh, also a diet uh, supplementation with a lot of vegetables, specific type of vegetables will also help. And there's a supplementation called glutathione. Glutathione is a brain fuel. Uh, so that will also help. Uh, but once the cupping starts going, uh, we could always, I could always supplement him with the necessary things. Now you're getting me uh, a bit shocked here. Yeah? So in other words, if you're cooking in pots, other than copper or maybe, you know, I don't know what type of pot we are cooking in, uh, we've been compromised because some of that uh, metal is getting into our food, uh, doctor. 
Yeah, but it's more a case of the fluoride uh, could be in the toothpaste, uh, aluminium in the environment. I remember when the people uh, when they were spraying chemicals into the atmosphere during lockdown and those kind of things. A lot of those chemicals like barium, aluminium, uh, that also uh, could be affecting whether they're doing that still or not. I'm not sure. But also things like mercury, uh, sometimes even uh, mercury fillings and those kind of things um, could also build up heavy metal uh, toxicity in the body. Uh, so you'd want to get yourself detoxed uh, from those heavy metals. In fact, even things like cosmetics and household chemicals can also have uh, these effects. Uh, Brother Ishad from the South Coast says, Jazakallah uh, khair, chefs, for bringing on Dr. Azizullah Rawat. He is a mashallah. Please uh, tell us, uh, uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawat, there is a breakout of mosquitoes in my hometown here in the South Coast. And uh, we are using a mosquito doom. I want to know how hazardous this can be, because without the doom, I can't sleep. Doctor, how would you uh, respond to Irshad there? Yeah, no, that's a that's a tricky one. Uh, but uh, if you are using the doom for cockroaches and insects, uh, you might wanna uh, go with an alternative. Uh, there are certain essential oils uh, that you can use, which do repel insects. Things like citronella uh, is a good example, also. Uh, but uh, obviously more research needs to be done because the natural things do take a little longer to work, whereas obviously the chemicals do work much quicker. Well, uh, many say, you know, the mosquitoes of today have evolved, they become immune to doom and any other thing. How true is that, doctor? <laughs> Maybe it's GMO, Bill Gates GMO mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, even you got the gigantic bees in the uh, Amazon. I mean, how's the honey? Have you tried Amazon honey, doctor? Unfortunately, I haven't tried the Amazon honey, just the, the local honeys. Uh, but maybe one day we can take a trip. I think so. I'll talk to our journalist, uh, uh, Ismail Sudar. He actually traveled, uh, you know, that uh, the Amazon River right from the top, right to the mouth in a, in a canoe. And he slept with Indian tribes and so forth. Inshallah, we'll talk to him. We'll see what we can do. I wonder if he did dawa there, but alhamdulillah, it's a very good. I mean, that must be the ultimate honey, doctor. Yeah, no, I'm sure that's like, that's the proper pure honey that you won't find anywhere else with all the benefits. And, uh, you know, a lot of, even like I always say, you know, a lot of the honeys that we get from our shops, even that is filled with sugar. And it's it's kind of like drinking maple syrup. Uh, so that's the importance of getting that pure raw honey that will crystallize and that will actually get better as it ages. And then you buy, you know, people selling honey in tubs and so forth, plastic, it getting to uh, plastic utensils. And I believe as soon as you take a, a spoon, you know, uh, and you put it into the honey, uh, it's, uh, the, the, the honey loses all its properties. You have to use a wooden spoon. How true is that? I haven't heard of that one uh, particularly, uh, but I know there are certain things that do give off like metals and um, you know, toxins, like, for example, Teflon pans. So cooking with Teflon pans, a lot of the pans give off those chemicals. So you can see the stuff coming out and that stuff goes straight into the food and it basically poisons the food. Uh, so it's just something to take note of. Hmm. Yeah, all these things, how you're cooking it. And before, the, in yesteryears, the food used to be cooked out, you know, an open fire. And uh, did that make a difference cooking out with open fire? 
right? cooking with electricity, cooking with gas. Will it give food different flavors, uh, doctor? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, like when you have a braai, for example, meat tastes uh, completely different to when you, for example, put the meat in an oven uh, and those kind of things. Uh, but I'm sure cooking out in nature, you know, is much better near the fireplace, surrounded with your family, you know, one uncle uh, telling stories. <laughs> I want to get one Molana there. He can give you some hadith and all the be all the better, you know, yeah. around that. Yeah, you remember all the masjid and all the, uh, you know, after th- uh, Ramadan, you remember the first thing they do after Eid, what they have, doc? They have a braai. They all have a braai. And I also know you are quite popular with everyone there in your family. And even you being a Hafiz of Quran too, you're very popular with the alim there, doctor. Yeah, trying to be, uh, trying to uh, <laughs> slide my way into. <laughs> no, it, it tops, the tops. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Inshallah, you all are well as Marcus. Alhamdulillah, we okay. Alhamdulillah. Please, I request uh, Dr. Azizullah to discuss the different uh, types of marking rings after cupping and what do they signify? That is very dark or light. Fuzay Jonker or Yonker from Cape Town. Once upon a time, you're part of the world. You were a Kapanar once upon a time, Doc. Yeah, Kapanar, speaking like Awimi Bru. Hey, can you let know? Go ahead, Doc. Yeah, so basically when you do the cupping, uh, two processes. One, dry cupping. You start off with dry cupping. That gets your blood flowing and it gets your blood to the surface. Once the blood comes to the surface, the skin starts to change color. And based on the color changes, you'll know which uh, points to focus on. So the circles from the cups uh, start to change color. The skin changes color. Uh, So the more it is, the closer the circles are, the closer the marks, the rings are, to your normal skin color, the healthier your blood circulation. Uh, so if it looks, if the color is like your skin, then it's healthy. But if the color is dark, if it's red, if it's purple, the darker it is, the worse the circulation. So in those purple patches, red patches, it means that blood is stagnant, blood is congested, it's clotted, and blood isn't moving in those areas. And most of the time you will find that in those areas where the skin becomes purple, the rings are purple, the rings are red, in those areas, that's where the person has pain. Uh, so that's um, it's good to know uh, which areas to focus on, and that's where you'll find most of your toxins and your clotted uh, blood. Uh, coming out if the rings become pale usually that's an energy deficiency in that area so basically the darker the circles become the worse the blood flow in that area uh, anonymous sister says assalamu alaikum uh, dr azizullah rawat a lovely show indeed i want to know from uh, dr rawat i have a neighbor she does uh, bella bachi and she says uh, that i should do it it's a uh, heat and it works very well it is very good uh, for detoxing and also getting the muscles loose. What is doctor's view on Bella Bachi, Doc? Yeah, Bella Bachi is more for modern day uh, technique. Uh, so basically you use the cups. You, you don't actually need a suction gun. So you can squeeze it. Maybe it's a silicone cup. You squeeze it and it creates that suction with your hand. Uh, so it is DIY. Uh, it's used for massage. It's used for a lot of ladies use it for facial cupping in order to help with the wrinkles, to help with fine lines, to increase skin elasticity, uh, and obviously to get the blood flowing 
especially on the face uh, re uh, reduction <clears throat> reduction in cellulite and also increase in collagen uh, production in the skin. So it is a very good technique. Well, our doctor says no problem with uh, Bella, but you do you sell those kits, uh, Doc? Uh, I do have uh, a kit, uh, yes. Uh, if people do want uh, cupping on their face, for example, then it will be very, uh, very beneficial. And the, the face isn't usually an area where you'd make cuts or you would take out blood. So in that instance, these kind of cups uh, would work best. Uh, Bella, Betty cups, as uh, we can. Yeah, lovely question. Well answered by our very own uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawat, our holistic practitioner. Assalamu alaikum, Uncle Shafat and uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawat. How good is it uh, to cup oneself? Example, using, hey, another question. Bella Bachi cups on oneself. Jazakallah for ex excellent program. Wassalam, Muhammad Alamba. Two questions came on Bella Bachi, doctor, one after another. Uh, yeah, it seems to be taking up uh, some momentum there, <laughs> people. <laughs> but it's good. It's it's good that people are, uh, you know, male or female, they're using it uh, for the wrinkles, for the fine lines, and those kind of things. You know, look more attractive for your partner. Well, you heard that, people. Yeah, Alhamdulillah, Doctor. This uh, question here says, "Assalamualaikum." My question for the doctor in the studio. Many people complain that mainstream doctors rush them during consultation and get impatient with too many questions. They say doctors don't care how we feel. They just want to squeeze another patient in. How is holistic consultation different? Jazakallah khair, Asif Abhimad. That's a very probing question, doc. Yeah, so basically, the, I would say they boxed into the system. Uh, so they don't really know uh, any other way. Uh, so the system doesn't teach them critical thinking uh, to a certain extent. Uh, so obviously, you go through the system, you get your degree, you get your fancy qualification, and then you kind of, you kind of brainwashed in a way that you know everything. So when you ask them a question, then it's kind of like you're challenging them. Uh, so they do become more emotional. But at the end of the day, it is the system uh, that is creating that. Uh, I always like to say it's the system that is the problem and not the doctors. Uh, so when it comes to the holistic approach, holistic approach is root cause. Uh, so it treats something on a systemic level, uh, emotional, physical, as well as spiritual, especially when you incorporate the sunnah, cupping, honey, black seed, uh, diet uh, that our Prophet and all of those used to eat. Um, and so on. So it includes diet, it includes exercise, it takes into account your sleep patterns, your stress levels, uh, your energy levels, and um, everything, your medication, sometimes maybe even your genetics, uh, and what conditions your parents had. So that's the holistic approach to healing, uh, to treatment, uh, and so on. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, my message from Riyadh, Saudiya. I'm Nafiz, I see that I'm in my early 30s, I smoke a lot. Can that be cause of my baldness? Can cupping help my hair to grow better? Zakallah. Okay, so there's two primarily two causes uh, of hair loss. Even the smoking, I would say smoking, the toxins that come uh, and the chemicals that come from the cigarettes can obviously contribute to something, but primarily it's two causes. One is genetics. Uh, maybe it runs in your family where people, uh, you know, maybe they go gray early, then they start losing their hair early. Uh, or number two, 
uh, it's the chemicals that are found in shampoos. So if you look at the ingredients, uh, just look at the ingredients on your shampoo and see a whole list of chemicals. And a lot of these chemicals, when you research them, you will find uh, that they are cancer causing. They build up toxicity in the body. They make you lose lose your hair. They give you uh, itching, uh, dandruff, and so on. So I would suggest it is obviously the chemicals um, that are causing most of the uh, hair loss that we are seeing these days. Uh, there is a cupping point, as I mentioned before, on the top of the head, which will help detox uh, the person, uh, extract any toxins out uh, via the scalp. Uh, and it is definitely worth a try. Uh, this uh, message, yes. yes. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. I feel like belching all the time, but I suppress it out of embarrassment. People call me the burper. Doc, how do you respond to this uh, belching brother? Yeah, acid buildup in the body can cause those kind of things, reflux, burping, um, vomiting, diarrhea. Uh, so what you'll need to do is alkalize the body, drink more water, green leafy vegetables, spinach, kale, celery, broccoli, uh, parsley, um, or even green powder, wheatgrass, spirulina. This will alkalize your body. Remember, your body pH is either acid where it's low or it's alkaline where it's high. And bodies are designed to be alkaline because of the harms of acid. Uh, so acid will make you more prone to chronic conditions. Uh, so you'll need to avoid foods also. Avoid too much caffeine. Avoid cold drinks as number one cause of acid. Uh, or even smoking, if you are smoking, can also build up acid in the body. Let's make this the last question here. It says, Assalamu alaikum, brothers of Marcus. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless our Marcus team. For beneficial content full-time, I go for sunnah cupping here in Lodium. The practitioner says uh, very little blood comes out uh, from me and sometimes it's very thick like plasma only comes out. Am I cupping too often? Zakallah, Farooq, Mansoor. How do you respond to Farooq there, doctor? Could be that you're cupping uh, too often. I'm not sure how often you are cupping though, uh, but very little blood. If there's not much blood that comes out, it can mean two things. Number one is that there's, you are a very healthy person and there's not much toxins in your body, like you said, if you are cupping on a regular basis. Uh, or number two uh, is that you have very, very poor circulation. If you are overweight or if you don't exercise like ever, then you will have a very poor circulation. <clears throat> Uh, when the blood doesn't come out. Uh, but if you are cupping on a regular basis, as you mentioned, then it's probably the fact that there isn't much toxins uh, to come out. Uh, I remember when I was doing cupping for vaccinated patients, uh, their blood never came out. No matter how deep I cut, the blood just wouldn't come out because they were clotting. And that's how they found under the microscope that the vaccinated uh, people in some of them, their blood was clotting because their red blood cells were clamping together. The red blood cells were sticking together, so they were clotting. So that's why the blood wasn't flowing. Uh, also, in really obese patients uh, that I was doing cupping for, the blood also didn't flow because of no exercise, a lot of toxins, fatty tissue blocking, uh, causing blockages also. Uh, so it's just important to note also, if the blood is thick, that's toxins and waste. If the blood is thin, and closer to normal blood, uh, it's more normal, uh, or the person could be on blood thinners. Tell you, Dr. Azizullah Rawat, a very informed evening in your company. Uh, perhaps your parting words before we let you go. 
No, really enjoyed uh, the show this evening. Uh, inshallah, I will be back uh, soon uh, with some more knowledge uh, to share. Uh, Jazakallah for having me. And uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you and all the listeners of Marcus Saba. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Really appreciated uh, uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawad there. Time for us to go for the Isha Zan and inshallah we will continue after that.